Yo, welcome back from a little extended break we took. Just uh, a little. In our episodes. Yeah, it was one week. Yeah. Not the first time we've done it, but... No. Kind of had to do it because we're both going on vacation next week, so it was either skip the upcoming week or skip the last week. Yeah, so... So we're sitting down for a marathon recording episode this week <laughs> where we do we do three episodes in a row. Yep. So if the third one's shit... That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe also because of the band, but who knows? Ooh, know. ooh. Ooh. Getting some hot takes from... Already. We're yeah. not. That's three episodes away. Yeah. <laughs> we start recording that one in 15 minutes after we get done with these two. Okay, I was thinking my like 18, 19. Okay, so, okay. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. You know, I think our second one will take like four and a half minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hot coming from your pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't pick. You know, you don't always pick good ones. So, no. just like the presidential election, you can't always pick good winners. <laughs> Interpret that as you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, should we get into this week's episode? Yeah, nineteen seventies, Joni Mitchell. Yeah, apparently my favorite artist. Yeah, I know. I'm listening throughout the episodes of this podcast, so I have not met anybody who thinks Joni Mitchell is just. All right, like I've everybody I've talked to is like, oh, she's a really great artist, or uh-huh. it's just not my thing, and I don't listen to her. I've never found someone like, yeah, she had some good songs. Yeah, it was like people maybe be able to mention her records, including a really big one. Yeah, but I've never really found anybody in the middle. It's like, yeah, I guess I got a Joni Mitchell two song in my playlist. Mm-hmm. Eh, <laughs> I'll play when it comes on. It's like, yeah, I mean. She, she yeah, was an artist, either. or God, she's just the greatest of all you time. You love it or hate it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I'm touching some of that, why I think that would be. Yeah. So we go through the episodes. Albums. Or the ep- albums. Yeah. <laughs> Remember all the Joni Mitchell episodes we did? We're going to review those. Oh, God. <laughs> we're going to review all the... We're going <laughs> to do a recap every month or something. <laughs> we're going to do a recap of every Joni Mitchell comment we've made yeah. for the past few episodes, <laughs> which is... Remember, your favorite artist. I know, man. It's, uh, you wouldn't think so with the grades I'm about to give. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. you're not. Don't don't lie to everybody. I don't lie. I just tell my version of the truth. Okay, fake news. <laughs> Let's hear those grades. Let's start off with the first album, huh? Yeah. Well, not the first album. It's technically our third like, studio album. Yeah, something like that. It first one a, of the 70s. It is a folk pop and folk rock. I don't know why they need to be separated, but <laughs> Ladies of the Canyon. Ladies of the Canyon. What do you think of it? Since this is your favorite artist, I want you to be able to have the spotlight to talk about. All right. Um, so, you guys have talked about Joni Mitchell, like you and your dad talked about. I want to be fair. Before we go, neither of us listen to Joni Mitchell. We just know who she is. Really? Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this is the first time I've really listened to Joni Mitchell, too. Oh, okay, okay. That's... We both fall in the the beginning camp of... We know of her, but nah, we don't really listen to her. Okay, okay. All right, so I gave I gave the first album a solid B, okay? Um, man, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think back of, like, how I felt when I was... When I started listening to... Because I, I was under the impression that she's some, like, amazing artist. You know, she's she's listed as one of the greatest, you know, singer-songwriters of all time. And it's mostly because of the next album. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, so I think I went in a little too biased. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did too. Thinking that you know it was going to be something amazing, um, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, there was you know a lot of this album you know from the seventies, all acoustic pretty much, um, which I really did like. Um, I like that there were a variety of instruments in there. I think like she used the clarinet a couple times. Um, and I used to play the clarinet, you know, cause couldn't afford the saxophone, <laughs> but, um, so that was, you know, a nice little callback there. Um, I think big yellow taxi is the big song off this album. It is. And that song has been done, you know, remat or, um, remade by other people. You know, yeah, or sampled or yeah, yeah, sampled or whatever. And my actual first time hearing that song was when I worked at Meyer and I didn't know that it was a cover. I just, you know, knew whatever song was playing. Yeah, I know it's song. I can't remember what it is, but I know. Yeah, by like who it's by. Whatever, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And I think it just takes a chorus. I don't even think it's a cover. I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, I mean, I really like Woodstock. Thought that was a good song too, um, and what's the other song on here that I really like? Uh, one second, sorry. You got anything to say, Andy? Yeah, I did. Um, on topic of the album title, mm-hmm. it's a referral to the Laurel Canyon, which is like a neighborhood outside of L.A. It's all Mount. It's where all the big singer-songwriters of the time had lived. And yeah, it's a neighborhood, that. so that's you know, Ladies of the Canyons reference to the women that live there. Mm-hmm. And there's, I haven't watched it yet, but I know there's a really cool documentary on it called Echo of the Canyon mm-hmm. about all the times it took there and all the people that lived there. Like, you name a lot of the big singer songwriters, and they were in that area: Neil Young, people from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the huge parties at Mama Cass' house from Mamas and Papas, and <laughs> apparently, it was twenty four seven partying at her house. But you know that sounds awesome. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but so that's where the title of that comes from. Mm-hmm. Do you find what you're looking for? Uh, I do not. I did not. I guess I only liked uh, Big Yellow Taxi and Woodstock off of the album. Those were the only ones that I hearted. I thought I liked another one, but I guess not. Hmm. Interesting. But fair enough. But yeah, what did you uh, what did you give this album? I also gave some would be, but I think I would have gave this higher. I could not stand every time she sung at the high notes. That really took me out of it. Like it was just like, oh god. Yeah. And I like I really liked I really liked Morning Morgantown for the free. Um, Big Yellow Taxi, obviously in Woodstock. I liked them. It was just the way she sung annoyed me. Yeah. Like, I just, I liked it. I liked all the parts where she didn't sing in the high pitch she could. Mm-hmm. And she can sing very well, and she can hit a lot of different tones. But mm-hmm. for me, at least, that really took it out of it, where I was like, all right, you know. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Um, when I was going through, I had to listen to, like, a couple songs throughout all of these albums, actually. Um, like, once or or two or three times because I had, I couldn't, it, it was the way she was singing. I didn't necessarily hate it. Um, but you had to pay attention to like really understand what she was saying. Um, and I don't know, that was 
kind of what drew me, uh, took me for, um, what am I trying to say? Like, you know, the expectation was that she's really good. Yeah. And then that wasn't set because <clears throat> of, from what I heard, you know, so. That's fair. I did very much like the acoustic part of the album and all that. Yeah. Like, thought that was very well done. And I liked that sound of the 70s and all that. Mm-hmm. But again, to me, it was just I couldn't get past her high-pitched singing. Mm-hmm. It was just, it kind of turned me off every time I turned, you know, I listened to it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. That part kind of ruins it. And when she did that, you know, you try to follow along with the lyrics, especially if you only listen to the song once. Mm-hmm. She hang that, and I would like I'd be too focused on that to really follow through the continuity because she she was a big storyteller in her lyrics, mm-hmm. and it would I struggled to follow the continuity of the lyrics because I <laughs> reference something else I hate that takes me out of music. It's like fucking you hear a blast beat and you can't focus on the <laughs> I can't focus on the rest of the music because that's yeah. all I can focus on. So and I yeah, didn't really care for playing in the background. Yeah, God, but, fucking blast beats, I know. <laughs> Crutch of songwriting. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. <laughs> But I did really like this album, and I, you know, it reminded me a lot of the other um, early 70s singer-songwriters, just acoustic, and just somebody mm-hmm. singing about their experience in life and their feelings, not so much as the next album. Yeah. But, you know, and this is almost one where I feel like maybe you get a better appreciation of this album if you listen to her first two albums, because this is her first big album. Yeah. So maybe like you like I said, you get a bigger appreciation of this album if you know where she's coming where from. she came from. But since we didn't do that, you kind know, missing maybe we missed something. just a little bit. Whereas by the next album and the albums after that, we get a pretty good idea of her where growth. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, I like this album, mm-hmm. and I, I see why too. it's highly rated. I did too. Pretty good album. Should we move on to? The album that Rolling Stone, as of this month, ranked the number three best album of all time. Number three? Number three. Why isn't it number 3,000? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go on to 1971's, right? Yep. 1971, Blue. An album that was created just after her breakup with Graham Nash. Yeah, I don't know who that is. He's from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and oh, okay. Young. Um, and then an intense relationship with James Taylor. Mm-hmm. Saying fire and rain, and then other things, other experiences. Yeah, this album is blue, which is definitely her most popular album, album by far. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't even think it's close. Mm-hmm. What did you think? What did you think? I did. I started the last one. You want to give this like a C or D, don't you? <laughs> what did you think? I gave this album an A. Okay. I really liked. I like the tone she set. Again, I think anything that keeps it a little lower is still hitting them high notes. Yeah, like on like on River or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But I thought um you just don't see many records where like the singer bears their soul pretty much and like mm-hmm. writes about all the things how they're feeling. How they're feeling and yeah. they just sat down and wrote you know what came what from came the heart, yeah, pretty much. And People not respect my time trying to text me in the middle of my podcast. Anyways, <laughs> um, no, it just I really like that, and I like that that's what she set out to do, you know. And it just seems like all the songs are very personal to her, while also being able to be listened to by other people 
yeah. we're going to that. You don't end up with another wolf mother. I was going to say, yeah. like, end up like wolf mother. So Now, I don't think there was really any songs that stood out like, I mean, they were all good, right? Mm-hmm. But there wasn't like a big yellow taxi or like a big hit, hit song. song. This album was good because it's a very good album. Yeah, like the whole Like the whole, the whole thing. And it was just, and it was very different mm-hmm. from what the last album was. And I, like I said, I really expect that she went in there and she had all these problems and things going on with her life. And she just went down and wrote songs about it. And she also talked about how people viewed her as this flower in her hair hippie from free person from the, yeah. from California. And she was like, well, if you think that's what I'm about, this is what I'm really about. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that. Or you don't see that ever, really. I mean, you see people write songs about issues they're going through. But not, like... But not an entire album's worth where it's, like, really bared out. And I'm sure, you know, if someone could list me examples and all that of this album's that, too. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they, like... You know, obviously, this is this was NPR's best album of all time. This was Rolling Stone's third best. Everybody rates this album very highly. Mm-hmm. And I see why. What'd you give it though? Uh, so I also gave it an A. Okay. So, and pretty much in the same, um, the same vein as you. Like I really, what the thing that I really liked about this album is, like you said, that it is really personal to like her and her life, and she does an amazing job at like expressing that and telling you, like what she's experiencing and um, putting it into song is. Like she does it really well, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so I can I can definitely see why this is ranked one of yeah. the best albums of all time. So I agree. Um, I liked I really liked California River and um, what's that other song? God, <laughs> you're really struggling over there today. <laughs> yeah. It's for always the first two you can remember for that third. Yeah, for some reason, um, I can I can pull it up here for a second. Um, Carrie was the other good song that I liked. So, yeah, it was. I did have to listen to this album a second time because when I first listened to it, I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of the lyrics. Yeah, like I'd I did. hear tidbits here and there, and I'm like, okay, that sounded interesting. And then I'd have to. I mean, this one's pretty short. It's only like 38 minutes or something like that. So. It wasn't too bad, but once I listened to it a second time, I had more appreciation for it and where she was coming from, and I could really feel the emotion and kind of, you know, what her relationship with a lot of these people was like. So I think it's a fantastic album. I also listened to this twice, once on like my headphones at work, but then I came back to my better yeah. setup here to really listen to it, because I'd also did the same thing you did, where it was like, you know, you hear snip, you really tidbits and all that. It. Yeah, and definitely for like how highly rated this album is, I wanted to give it its fair mm-hmm. shot instead of just saying, oh, "Listen to it," and uh, you know, I was half paying attention. And I don't care why people rated that high. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, well, I I definitely agree that there's not like a huge big song off this album, and you have to listen to the whole thing to really appreciate. Yeah, everything. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Good album. Very good album. <clears throat> I don't know if I'd put a third on my list of best albums, but <laughs> I do see why people would put it up that high, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely one of those albums that stood the test of time. 
Mm-hmm. I would say so. A lot of the the feelings and things that are expressed in this album are stuff that people go through, mm-hmm. you know, throughout their entire lives. So it's not like a something you only would have experienced in the seventies or whatever. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you're definitely looking for an album to check out, oh, well, I guess by Johnny Mitchell, or by Little, by anybody, mm-hmm. Blue is definitely going to be one of those first few to check out. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely think it gets its placings on a deserved a deserved placing, placing on a lot of high list rankings. Mm-hmm. Anyways, all right, we move on. Yeah, let's go on to their next her next album here. I was gonna say their next album. Nineteen seventy two's Or the Roses. What'd you give it? Um so I I gave this album a C. And I don't know, like I like I don't wanna say like her singing style started to <laughs> a little annoy me a little bit, but I couldn't really focus on, you know, the songs because I was so taken by her singing. Like, it's not it's not bad. It's just not something that I want to listen to a lot, you know. Right. In, in the context of this podcast, you know, we listen to these albums back to back. Not necessarily all on, like, the same day, but, like, you know, listen to it all in a same stretch, you know. Um, and that's what really started to draw me away from some of like these albums going forward, um, is her singing style. A lot of it was also kind of hard to understand the lyrics and understanding like the picture that she's trying to paint. So I do think she's really good at storytelling. I do too. Um, but a lot of it was like, I had to listen to a couple of these songs going forward more than once to really like understand the uh the the message she was trying to say so i don't know i did like i mean there were some fun songs like banquet the first song on here she had some funny lyrics in there um but nothing that really stood out and caught my attention so i did like for the roses and blonde in the bleachers that was kind of a funny song too, but nothing else really stood out and, you know, it was like, man, I got to listen to this. So I agree. I also find it interesting that this is Joni Mitchell's first and only album to be added to the Library of Congress and the National Recording Registry. Oh, really? Which, if you don't know what that is, is it's a list of sound recordings that are culturally, historically, or aesthetically important and or inform or reflective of life in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's impressive that this album... And not Blue. And not Blue <laughs> is is that album. Yeah. Maybe it's because they're like, man, her last album was great, but this one's like, eh, okay too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but her next album, which we'll get to in a minute, is also very... Critically and commercially sex- successful. <laughs> I know. But also, I cannot get past the, the album art of this album. I don't know why. It just <laughs> makes me laugh every time I look at it. It seems so. So 70s. It looks. It's it so looks, 70s and dated and just out there. Yeah. It's it's her sitting on like a rock, right? Yeah, what looks to be above like a lake. 
Yeah. It, if you look at it, it just looks kind of badly photoshopped. Yeah, but it's like... so, so green tinted. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, it looks bad. Yeah. Not the worst album I've seen. Shout <laughs> out to you, Iron Maiden. Um, <laughs> or Danzig. No, I still think Iron Maiden holds the record there. I don't know, man. Danzig 5 was pretty bad. I don't know. Dance of Death is like completely early 2000 <laughs> CGI. True. That is true. It's like they 3D. ran out of money. Yeah. It was like, this is hip with all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I guess I'm like a C. I agree with you on the singing style. I got kind of tired of it at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked... Um, you turned me on on my radio. I thought that was kind of funny. Yep. Which she wrote sarcastically out of, for a recording company request for a radio-friendly song. Mm-hmm. So that made me laugh. And then Cold Blue Steel and Sweet Fire, I liked. Also, once I found out that it was um, a portrait of her then-lover James Taylor's heroin, heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah. So, other than that, there wasn't that much. And like you said... <clears throat> This is your your singing her singing style really started taking me out a lot of this where I was like, all right, I really wish she just would. I really wish she would drop like the high vocal pitch and all that and yeah. just kind of sing normally. Which, spoiler alert, she does do that. Mm-hmm. But then there's other problems rolling up for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get my wish, but it's a cursed wish. <laughs> but. You know, once again, this album is written about songs that tend to her life where she bears, you know, yeah, the problems of her life. Mm-hmm. And this is really the first uh, album where she starts to get into a more jazz style. That we will see <laughs> later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and as this person wrote, Mitchell's first overture foray into jazz. I just completely butchered that. A genre that for the next several years would come to dominate her art. And that is... That's an understatement. <laughs> that is an understatement. <laughs> but, yeah, overall it was a okay album. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What? I, what? <laughs> Nothing. You looking at that album artwork again? <laughs> no, I just read something. Oh, uh, what? On, on the next album. Oh. And we'll, we'll talk about it. All there. right. <laughs> That's a great segue. Yeah, under the next album. Yeah, 1973's Chord and Spark, which, man, every two, at least one album a year. Yeah, that's a it's dedication. I don't know, actually. <laughs> hey, man, but, it's got to be like that one band I was going to do. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard <laughs> have been a band since 2012, and they've released 18 albums. <laughs> <laughs> I was all pumped to do that, and I was like, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andy, what did you give a uh, Court and Spark? Gave it another C. Okay. This is definitely more like a pop style um, album. Album. Yep. And she does start to really, I'm pretty sure it's the album. She, it's been three weeks since we listened to this shit, but when she starts to sing kind of normally. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Man, you really like, forget these albums when you're listening to like three artists in three weeks. and I know. You, um, It was okay. It wasn't really anything I liked as much. I did enjoy um, again, the change in her singing style to an extent, but once again, it's more poppy and it's a lot more jazz sleeping in here every now and then. Mm-hmm. I don't really even remember it. Remember much. this? I mean, I do. <laughs> I mean, I I I agree with you. I also gave it a C, um, which is 
Which is weird because this is like her most commercially selling. Yeah. Like this one has sold the most that she's, or album that sold the most. Um, and I, I really didn't find anything that I enjoyed that stood out, you know, just like you were saying. Um, I did like, like you said, her singing style changed a little bit here. It wasn't so much as the high pitched singing. It was more of like the talking singing kind of, um, wasn't just talking, but it was like in a singing voice. But, um, again, you know, she had some good stories to tell. She put in some funny lyrics here and there. Um, but yeah, after I listened to it, I was like, okay, on to the next one. You know, there wasn't anything that I was like, man, gotta listen to that again. Or I really enjoyed that. Nothing that sparked my attention. But what I was uh, reading it in the past when we were doing our last episode is that... Uh, last album? Yeah, when we were doing the last album, sorry. Um, um, for this album, Court and Spark, um, there's a little tidbit here that said from uh, Stevie Nicks she mm-hmm. recalls taking acid you know <laughs> to this album she was like I was with my producer at his house with a set of speakers that were taller than that fireplace and I was in a safe space and I sat there on the floor and listened to that record that's a pretty dynamic <laughs> experience <clears throat> I like the other one where it talks about <laughs> she played it for Bob Dylan yeah and he fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, well, maybe he was just trying to be cute in front of a uh, label boss, David Geffen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, you know, you look at the, the reception page on Wikipedia for this, and it's five stars. A, five out of five, ten out of ten, mm-hmm. five, 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 nine out of ten. Yeah, like critical acclaim. Yeah, like just across the board. And this, <laughs> this one ranks 110 on Rolling Stone's greatest 500 albums. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I have to go back and listen to this album again. And see, like... What we missed. What we missed. But for now, on my one listen through, it's definitely just going to be a C. Yeah, I agree. But people really like it. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yeah, I really don't. I I remember Cord and Spark, the song, but for some reason, to me, I just don't remember this, uh, like, really any song off this album. Like, nothing really stood out to me. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all right. Like I said, I'm, I'll probably go back and maybe, I mean, not that anybody listens will find out, but maybe my opinion of it will change. Yeah. Take some time to really listen to it. Maybe we could do a revisit. Oh, yeah. In like a year or something. <laughs> yeah. We'll go right. back and be like, all right, let's uh, revisit this person, see if our, change, our thing has changed. Yeah, we could maybe do that. Anyways, should we get on to her next album here? Sure. What should we got? We got 1975's The Hissing of Summer Lawns, right? Yep. (laughs) It's a very interesting title, I gotta say. Yeah. Um, All right. I I enjoyed this album because it was different. This is when she she starts really getting into the jazz. Oh, yeah. And you you can hear it in every song. And I gave it a B because of that. Um, I thought that it was a nice change, um, from this, you know, it's not that it was bad before, but the first four albums were, you could put them all kind of together and they all kind of sounded really similar together. Um, but this one is like a starting point for when her musical style changes and you can 
see where it's going forward from here. But I liked the change. I thought it was fun and kind of wild, you know, just like jazz is supposed to be. Um, but I don't know. There was a uh, one song on here. It was what was it? I gotta pull it up. Man, I'm just looking through my notes here, and I'm like, I I put little bits here and there, and I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> what I'm referencing when I uh, when I look at that. Oh, the Jungle Line. I oh yeah, the that, second song. I'll yeah, feel. I was like, what the fuck is this song? I yeah. did not like that at all. It was it was too wild for me. I don't know. But yeah, that song was fucking. Uh, that fucking was out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also didn't like the last song, which uh, was, "Shadows and Lights." Yeah, "Shadows and Lights," which was like, it's one. I don't know if what it, what was that video from a long time ago? It's called "Interior Semiotics" or something like that. It's like some art student's video where she like pees into a can of spaghettios and like covers it all over herself but never saw that i don't know what you're watching yeah but, uh, but anyways um it reminded me like that song was like it's supposed to be super artsy and like only you know some college art student would get it and i was like i i didn't get it at all and i didn't like it so i don't know maybe i'm thinking of the wrong song but i'm pretty sure it's the last song shadows and light that's what i put here it's funny you say that because I feel that way, but not on this album. Okay. One of the upcoming albums, I feel that exact way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start this out saying I'm a little biased. I've never really been a fan of jazz music in general. Mm-hmm. So I made these last three albums. A little rough. A little rough. I mean, I still gave it a C. Mm-hmm. But this album, maybe not so much the other one, but this one was kind of starting to get out there. It was definitely more <laughs> of a jazzier phase. phase. <laughs> like she was experimenting... A little bit more with this album, but, and you knew that right off the start within France, they kiss on Main Street, and I'm like, "Mm, okay, Mm -hmm. this is a different, completely different take, Mm -hmm. and this is an artist I've always heard Rick Beato talk about, I mean, we've talked about him a bunch of this podcast, we watch his videos, Mm -hmm. where he considers Joni Mitchell to be like, amazing, the best artist of the 70s, I think, Mm -hmm. or like one of the best, if not like the best. And he always talks about how she was she was a very good singer-songwriter, but she also then paired herself with very good jazz musicians. Yeah. And I will definitely agree with that. Like, the playing on these next three albums is Are fantastic. Really mm-hmm. It's just not my genre of choice. Yeah. I, you know, I try to listen to some other jazz because everyone's always like, oh, jazz, it's, it's the intellectual music genre. I don't... It's just never I, been my thing. I've yeah, never really I don't understand why people say that. Is it just because it's doesn't make sense? Like it's not structured. Is that why you've got to think about it? It's an oh. abstract art. Oh, okay. It doesn't hold your hand. You need to form the connections, and what makes it great. I've I mean, listened to some weird. I, like I'm, I'm also not a huge fan of jazz. Yeah. Um, then again, you know people like Gar Samuelson and Megadeth and yeah. uh, uh, Nick Menza, like they're jazz drummers and they add really um, unique elements, you know, when they brought, when they came to metal. Yeah. Um, I, that's, that was even my next exact point was that while I don't like jazz, I do very much, I see it's, it's influences on other things, especially genres yeah. I do like, like you said, Gar Samuel and 
uh, Nick Menza, and actually a lot of Megadeth. He looks, he hires a lot of jazz drummers. trained drummers. Yeah. Like, you know, the double bass pedal is mm-hmm. born out of jazz. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of that is taken. But as just a genre of pure jazz, it's not my thing. Yeah. But I do appreciate and I do recognize the innovations that it has brought to music. Yeah. Including music I love. Yeah. But I agree. I'm not going to sit down and listen to jazz because it's just not my thing. I'm not smart enough, all right? I'm not cultured <laughs> enough. And really, I'm just a piece of shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, self-reflection is the best form of self-development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, I, I agree, man. I don't I've tried to listen to jazz, like some of the big stuff that people have said, this is amazing or this artist is great. And, you know, it just sounds like noise sometimes. Like I can hear... I, th- I think I can hear what they're trying to, you know, play and like melt together into a song, but it all seems like it's just a ton of different, right? you know, everything's at a different tempo and, you know, things are going wild here and there. I don't know. I agree. Just... I definitely respect them on their musicianship, mm-hmm. but like you said, I, it's not for me. And that's what makes this album and the next few hard maybe not so much the next one but definitely this one and the last one mm-hmm. but so I just gave it a C again no real standout songs not know my thought was bad just not know I really enjoyed that much mm-hmm. that's really all I got to, that, okay. to that's all I got to say about that alright so we should head on to her next album here 1976's she looks like every single cliche of a jazz artist in this album artwork you know when you want to put like the cliche character that's like a jazz or something yeah i was thinking the simpsons where they got this is exactly what she looks like in that and it's fine inspired by (laughs) look also i swear genres just put two words together all the time i swear to god you can put anything in front of folk this is folk jazz Folk metal. Yeah, folk, folk metal. Folk country. Folk, yeah, literally. Folk, folk. Mm-hmm. Folk rock. I wonder I wonder what necessarily makes it folk. I don't like, think anybody just... even knows anymore. <laughs> is it because it has like a an acoustic backing to it or something? I don't know. This one, her album started to get long too. Yeah, just just a little bit. And it's only 51. It's basically 52 minutes. It's <laughs> only 51 minutes. So, all right. Um, so, I gave this album... See, and the only two things that I wrote for this album were <laughs> that it was it was long and it was boring. Yep, like, I will completely agree with those two things. Yeah, I I listened to the entire thing, and as I'm going through it, I'm like, man, how much longer do I have to go? You know, there was there was nothing in this album that. I felt was engaging, you know? Yeah. The shortest song is four minutes and 15 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there was a lot on here where it was just, just kept going. You know, the song just kept going. Like you could have ended this maybe two minutes ago, or maybe it could have been like a minute and a half song. It didn't have to be five or six minutes. Um, Half time. I didn't even know what the song was about. Yeah. Um, The other... Song, the other note that I put on here was for the first song, Coyote. 
which I was like, you, you probably have to be on acid or something to really understand what that song's about. Somebody get Stevie Nicks on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It's just it's just a weird combination of sounds and like background noise during that sound that during that song, and I'm I was just like I I don't know I can't I don't understand it and I don't get it and it was like that through the whole album and I was not a fan. That's fair. I mean, I didn't want to give it a D. No. Because I didn't think it was, like, awful. Yeah. Like but... Danzig 5. <laughs> I'm going to use that as the baseline. I mean, that's for... pretty fair. Yeah. That's, that was a fucking <laughs> terrible album. <laughs> so that's why I gave it, I'd, I'd probably give it a C minus, actually. So. Okay. Andy, what did you think? Uh, I mean, I'm also going to give it a C. This is an album I was actually a little interested to get to. Mm-hmm. Because the second song off this album, Amelia, is a song that Rick Beato always talks about as being like the Amazing. greatest Joni Mitchell song. Or like, yeah. Really? And he's even done a What Makes This Song Great. And hmm. he even had, after he put that out, Joni Mitchell even sent him a signed copy of this album. And then he I did, yeah, he, I he had dinner, that. three hour dinner with her and talked about it. And like you could, I remember that because I you could see in his eye, like that was really like meant a lot to him when he said it. Yeah. But I did not like that song, and I did not realize till halfway through it that it was about Amelia Earhart, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Maybe. I think. I still don't fucking know. That song was six minutes of, dude, is this song still going on? I mean, it wasn't as bad as the song for Sharon, which is eight minutes and 40 seconds, and I don't know why that song was still going. Yeah. I don't even know what this album's about. I don't either. This album, not her worst album, surprisingly. <laughs> but I did not care for this album, and it's... This, again, I still don't think this is peak jazz Joni Mitchell yet. Mm-hmm. But man, does it get there. And man, does it just keep going. And I don't consider, I don't understand how this is considered one of her high marks of her career. I don't know. Oh, also, um, Amelia was inspired by Mitchell's breakup with then partner John Guerin. Bros, this girl's broke up with everybody. Dude. Yeah, I didn't want to like talk bad, but it seems like every album, like when we're reading the description of it, it's like, yeah, she went on tour and had like a ton of relationships with all these people, or like that's, I don't know. Yeah, you do you, but at the same time, damn, if you're breaking up with all these people, it's terrible. Yeah, there's only one constant. <laughs> it's you, Joni. <laughs> I don't know. She's not. She can't be tied down. Yeah, maybe that's when she starts to get writer's block. She just gets in a relationship and then sabotages it slowly so she can write a song about it. <laughs> it's like the Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. That's who she took her inspiration from is Joni Mitchell. She's like, oh, if I just get in all these relationships, right? I'll have a never-ending stream of things to write about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do get how these albums are good, though, if you like jazz. If you don't like jazz, they ain't going to be for you. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that's why she is like a hit or miss like artist mm-hmm. either you really like jazz and you appreciate it and you like these or mm-hmm. you don't like jazz and you're like bro these songs are not great yeah it's like why can't they be done already speaking of that being done you want to move on to the next album all right the next best album this is this is my favorite album don don juan's reckless daughter I'm just kidding. This is not my favorite album. Yeah, but it's from 1977. This uh, this album art is a little interesting too. 
It's, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a, a jazz musician. I don't know who it is. A dove. Yeah, a dove just like flying into the, into the, like out at you. It's weird orange on, or blue on top and orange like in the middle. I don't know. It's it's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on in the album artwork or the album. Because <laughs> I gave this a C minus. And I'll be honest, I might have zoned out in this album. <laughs> Bro, this album sucked. And I knew right off the bat that this album sucked. Yeah. And then I really knew it when we got to Paprika Plains. And I'm like, bro, how the fuck is this song still going? And I'm pretty sure I was about three minutes in. And I looked at my phone. I'm like, there's 13 more minutes in this fucking song? Bro. It just was. This song. This album sucks. This is her worst album. And it's, I can't think of anything redeemable to say about this. But I'm not going to give it a D. Cause it wasn't that it wasn't Danzig Five, yeah, <laughs> or that uh, other album we just listened to. But dude, this album sucked, and it just kept going. This this album has four sides because yep. it's a double album, and one side, just one side, is Paprika 50. Plains. Yeah, <laughs> one side. Yeah, this and I don't album. even. Yeah, this album's fifty nine minutes. <laughs> I don't know what this album was about, or. Who let her release this? I think she released this because she had less overall restrictions. Yeah. I think she was pretty much producing and like recording and everything herself at this point. Because they're just like, you know what? You'll probably sell a lot. So just do whatever the hell you want. Bro, I've never listened to an album with more instruments. So and one of them, for you. one of them, this guy literally played coffee cans. That's literally what it says. It's <laughs> conga coffee cans. Those are the instruments he played. You know what? He's getting royalties for that. You know. There's also, there's there's bang there's bongos. Mm-hmm. There's sandpaper blocks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shakers. There's another guy who plays congas. There's a cowbell. See, this is where we get to the, like the art student. Like you don't understand there's it. There's a you. third guy who plays bongos. <laughs> How many goddamn bongos do you need in one album? Yeah, hey, but you're all, right. They all have different styles of bongo drumming. Okay? One has three, one has two, and one's just the one. Yeah, exactly. It's a bongo. So you're right. This this is the album I meant when you said, like, this is art student that I, you know, it's too deep for my smooth brain to figure out. I mean, if I got a couple more idiots, we could have understood what was going on in this album. But me alone? and No way. No right. shot, son. Uh, man. Oh, I was so glad this album was over. <laughs> you didn't, I thought. You didn't enjoy that album. <laughs> no. D- did you? Uh, I wasn't a huge fan either. <laughs> oh, really? That's a shock. <laughs> yeah, I, I also gave this a C-. minus. Man. I'll, 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 I'll read what I have down here. Um, God Must Be a Boogeyman for that song. Oh. I wrote, what the fuck? I can't even describe it. I'm not... I am not educated enough to understand this song. Uh, a chair in the sky. Oh my god, this song is just weird as fuck. Like, why was this released as a song? I don't get it. And then, hated sweet sucker dance. I did not like that. It was just it's Wait, you know typical. Huh? You're on the wrong album. Am I? Yep. Oh shit, I am. Bad. Well, anyway, so guess we yeah. know what <laughs> guess we know what's coming up on the next album. Ah, oh, damn it! This is what I get for writing it on a 
text page. I didn't write them down. I actually like wrote them on notepad on my computer. Hey man, I don't write down any notes. Yeah. Ooh. Well, anyways, Can't yeah, see. I did not like Don Juan's Reckless Daughter. It was. I don't know. It was it was long and it was annoying. Like you said, everything that you said about this album, I agree with. I did not find any pleasure listening to it <laughs> at all. And I was constantly looking at how much I had left. So, yeah, you know, I could be like, thank God the suffering has ended. <laughs> <laughs> Plays to wake people up out of the comas so they can get up and turn it off. <laughs> Oh wait, that's Danzig Five. Or just it could be more than one album. Or just literally. that's that's the last defense. Like if if this person's definitely in the deepest coma they've ever seen, they put on Danzig Five. No, that's not true. They take on the solo cutout only Lars drumming from Saint Anger. <laughs> that's what you play to really get somebody out of a coma. Because there's a chance somebody might like Danzig Five for whatever reason. Ain't nobody liking no trash can drums. <laughs> Come on, man. St. Anger drums are the best. Highlight of Lars's career. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you're that far down all the time, there's got to be one highlight. <sighs> man, we haven't brought Lars in to one of our episodes I know. We've really been slacking on fucking shitting on Lars. <laughs> I'm glad you brought him back, though. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, well, like I said, I agree with everything that you said on this album. I did not like it. Perfect, then. Should we return to your uh, continued rant about the next album, 1979's Mingus? Yeah, Mingus. All right, keep going. Well, I first of all, I didn't even give this a grade. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a C- minus because I don't think it's as god-awful as <laughs> D5. But anyways, yeah, like I said before, um, I don't want to repeat what I was saying, but for uh, Hated Sweet Sucker Dance, like I was saying, it... It was too jazzy for me. Like it was just all over the place, just everybody playing random shit. And I'm like, why is this a song? She's just talking over random fucking instruments, doing whatever the hell they want to. I don't know. It was like I felt with this album, like she didn't know what to make, like yeah. what kind of album to make. <clears throat> so it was her and a bunch of artists, you know, musicians that were just like, you know what, let's just you know, jam session it out for however long this album is. And then we'll put that, you know, as, as the record. It's only 37 minutes. Thankfully. Yeah. But that's 37 minutes of like. The life you're never going to get back. Of my brain being the smoothest it has ever been. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of this album? I also, um, well, this I gave this album a C, probably C minus too. This birthday literally, or this album literally starts off with people singing "Happy Birthday." Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and then it ends with a song called "Goodbye Pork Pie Hat." <laughs> and in between those two things, it doesn't get any better. Yeah, the dry cleaner from Des Moines. Yeah, God must be the wolf that lives in Lindsay. Eyes a muggin. <laughs> I don't know why. But that's... <laughs> There were there were a lot of little like it was I think it was every other song or something like that where they had they were excerpts for something yeah there was a there was a man talking about yeah it was something uh, the album is spliced with excerpts which are labeled rap you know the thing mm-hmm. from recording provided by Sue Graham Mingus 
And then once I heard the scat singing, I was like, I'm already checked out of this shit. Uh, there's a song called, there's a minute and seven seconds called Funeral in which they talk about, Mingus and others describe how long he will live and what his funeral will be like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is an experimental album if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. Thankfully, it was only 37 minutes. This is an album I'm not going to go back and listen to. Nope. I'll, I'll, I'll do the first like four, maybe five. I really feel like we should have went Joni Mitchell 1970, 1975 and say it or so sometime. <laughs> right. Uh, anyways. Joni Mitchell, man. Yeah, what did you think overall of Joni Mitchell? She's no longer my favorite artist. Man, what a shame. <laughs> uh, I, I really, I, I did enjoy the early stuff from, well, I mean, I guess not the early, early stuff because... We didn't listen to the stuff before the seventies. It's only two albums though. But um the first the first five albums I can get down with. Like except for um uh, I said that it was really boring. Can't remember. I put my phone away. Um but yeah, I understand why she's rated highly as a singer songwriter. Because uh-huh. For, like I said, those first couple albums, she did an amazing job at like expressing how she felt with things and bringing a person into it in how she felt and like into the story in general that she was trying to write. So personally, I'd give this decade like a C minus, a C, C minus. And that's only because outside of like blue everything else was okay you know so i agree with that i'd probably also just give her a c i really like the first few albums which were more in the singer songwriter style mm-hmm. and but then everything pretty much probably post chord and spark i was like all right i'm pretty much done with this mm-hmm. not big into jazz and not into this so yeah probably not an artist i'm really gonna come back and listen to although i'd recommend blue to pretty much anybody yeah but I might check out like for the roses and blue again, or yeah, and court and spark. Like, I'll I'll check those out. Maybe I missed something the first time I listened. To but it. anything post that, I'm just it was just too, you know, complex for my dumbass. <laughs> so I probably won't check those out again. But everything else, I I enjoyed for the most part. It's just those last few albums, yeah, really brought it down. There was um. I was reading this thing on Reddit. Um, somebody had posted this question, and it kind of made me think of Joni Mitchell. It's like, why? And it was about Bob Dylan. And it was like, why is Bob Dylan? Did you I see that? I saw that, one? yeah. Yeah. And it was like, why is Bob Dylan considered one of like the greatest artists of all time? The like, greatest songwriters, yeah. Yeah. And this person had listened to him, and he's like, you know, he's okay. And like, there's nothing that I really found that was amazing. And the, the top comment on there really explained. Of how like you gotta think about how that person was in their time period, you know, when they were doing you know, when they're coming out with music. How at that time it was like revolutionary or it was different or and I was thinking about that when I was trying to review like how I felt about Joni Mitchell. I was like, I feel like I would have loved a lot of this stuff if I had grown up in that time period. But listening to it now after it's been out for you know, 40 years and has had all these other artists since 
people that have drawn influences from her. Um, you know, we see it now as like, okay, it's, it's okay or whatever. Mm -hmm. But whereas at the time it was something amazing. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. It's just, yeah. And I agree with what that guy in the red said, red thread said too. Like it's all stuff that nothing else at that time was coming out. And somebody else like linked it to like famous paintings, like, you know, mm-hmm. all the stuff you see now, like forced perspective and all that other stuff was, it was beyond what anybody else at the time was doing. Yeah. But now, you know, you've had, like you said, 40 years or a hundred years in terms of paintings and there's we been changes and more things have been done. And, you know, a lot of those, especially with like the jazz albums, like we talked about, things have been taken off of there and put into other parts and improved, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure at the time, like, nothing else was coming out like this. There wasn't an artist, like, that Joni Mitchell was doing that was popular and doing jazz-type songs. There was yeah. doing songs that really bear it out. I mean, that's what makes a lot of the 70s great is because... It's such an experimental... Well, it, you know, like, if you look at the 60s, I mean... And this comes with Bob Dylan, too. In the 60s, in the 50s, a lot of it was just safe, radio-friendly songs that nobody really wrote their own songs or whatnot. You know, it wasn't really until the mid-60s when the Beatles started really, and Dylan started doing their own things, and there was like, you know, you like, can, you can, you can yeah. yeah. And what somebody commented on that Bob Dylan article is, you know, it doesn't matter. You can write songs about anything. Your lyrics can be anything you want, mm-hmm. which nowadays seems like, okay, of course it can. You know, you can write songs about anything you want. It doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. Yeah. But back then, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. And so it was very structured. And right. Then. It was very structured and everybody got up on stage and played in suits or, you know, mm-hmm. now, nowadays that's, you know, it's just how music has progressed past that. Yeah. So you're right. Maybe if we did grow up in this, this would be more cutting edge. She'd be an artist that was pushing the boundaries of music. Well, as now she just, to us, she seems more like just another jazz musician or run of the mill yeah. singer songwriter. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I thought she had some okay albums and then some albums I didn't really like. She was very much an up and down artist to me. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I pretty much give her the C yeah. grade. And like you were saying, um, right at the beginning, you're like, I've only encountered people who love her or hate her. And I yeah. feel like both of us are right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depends on what. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Five year span you're talking about. Yeah, I wouldn't say like hate, you know, like love or hate her. I feel it's more like like her or kind of indifferent to her music. Mm hmm. It's not like you think, God, I don't ever fucking want to listen to Joni Mitchell. But it's just kind of like exactly what the C grade is, right? Yeah. For what we do for all our albums. It's just, yep, she made music and it was pretty good, but it's not what I like. Yeah. But she never really put out, in terms of like the genre she was playing, bad music in that genre. Yeah. Well, we don't like jazz, so of course we're not really going to like those albums and we're not going to understand what makes it good mm-hmm. because we're dumbasses. But... <laughs> You know, for people that do like jazz or that's, you know, are big into that genre, they know the ins and outs. And I think it's amazing. I mean, the same way with us, with a lot of metal bands you listen to, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not bad, but it's not really like, it's not doing anything that somebody else hasn't done before, you know? Yeah. But I, and if we don't know that about like jazz, we don't know, is she pushing boundaries or is she just making, yeah. you know, groundbreaking or just normal jazz? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I I mean, I, I believe Rick Beato when he says she paired herself up with some of the greatest jazz musicians of their time yeah. and put albums out. Because I believe that. Because playing instrumentally and all that on those later albums was very well, well really done. Good. Yeah. 
it's just not my thing and it doesn't seem like it's your thing so i think in our voice it's just kind of an indifferent artist where yeah, yeah we'll probably listen to a few songs here or there like like we said we'll go back and listen to an album but so what you're saying is we need to find a jazz artist next no <laughs> yeah let's just sabotage or let's let's subject ourselves to uh that <laughs> find one that has about 20 albums we probably can yeah and that was a jazz album so all gonna be over an hour oh god god that's a work week a half a work week jesus i feel like in that time frame too people that grew up in that time frame where jazz was a much more newer concept not newer no because jazz has been around since you know yeah but you know it was played more in the household because jazz was big in the 40s in the 30s and probably the 20s too when their parents grew up so their parents had jazz in the house and then, you know, they were listening to more jazz. Hmm. So they were influenced by that. Whereas then, people our age, our parents were listening more to the people that came up in the 70s that were influenced. So the Joni Mitchells and the singer-songwriters or whatever, you know, yeah. country or that took place from those jazz of the 20s, 30s, and 40s. And then, you know, so jazz probably doesn't seem that big to people like, you know, that didn't grow up listening to it. But I'm sure most everybody's parents had a jazz album or... Mm-hmm. Or like their grandparents, or like so it was more played, you know. Yeah, but I agree. Okay, good. Anyways, <laughs> I think that pretty much wraps up what I gotta say about Joni Mitchell. Me too. Yeah. All right. All right for next week, I'm gonna continue <clears throat> down the folk, <laughs> the folka genre here, but we're gonna do folk metal. Okay. Along with well, this went well the last time you picked a folk metal band. Yeah. Folk metal, pirate metal, power metal, and hard rock. I think I know who this is. Do you, though? All right. Uh, I'm going to choose Ailstorm. That's who I thought. <laughs> when you said pirate metal, there ain't that much pirate metal. Yeah. So, Ailstorm, band I've heard of, and I, I've heard one song. So have I. And I'm pretty sure it's probably the same song. Actually, maybe. I think I've heard two. I think they're off the same album. Okay. But that's but, about it. Yeah. All right. So, tune in next week. Tune in. Thanks for, for listening. Storm. Thanks for listening.